we all know we're recording now? Recording in progress. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, welcome to the Lost End Podcast. Uh, today we have with us Kai. Kai, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little about what you do uh, because it's too complex and I don't know you well enough to say all the things that you are all about and I don't want to defame you in any way. I appreciate the uh, austerity toward defamation. That's great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, my name is Kai McGinnis. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur, a facilitator, a coach, consultant, uh, student, uh, you name it. Um, there's, uh, quite a lot of hats depending on what the weather is on the day. Uh, but for me, um, you know, my personal journey, I like to say, you know, has really been a lot of putting roots down, going from the ground up from the inside out. And applying that to life, business, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, the emotional realms, the relationship realm, all, all of that. Um, and throughout that, I've been a collegiate athlete. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for the past decade or so as well. Um, and yeah, like I mentioned, several hats in between there. So um, this is more about this season of my life is more about uh, shifting into a bit more of uh, vulnerable offerings of space and, and uh, guidance and walking alongside other people in a more authentic way. Before we get into your, the experiences that have changed you like a little bit, like how you grew up and who you were like spiritually and like what your belief system was like when, when you were a youth. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's a really good question. Um, some of that nuance, I uh, haven't necessarily maybe shared as much about, uh, regarding quote unquote, where I come from, but, um, grew up with most of say one or two small branches of the family. Um, pretty much all of my family heritage being in Southeastern Ohio and general in general, the Appalachian, um, uh, Hocking Hills area. And Grew up in a in an environment that you know wasn't necessarily the most outside the box. Um, there are a lot of values and virtues of that simple living, um, maybe even more so back then than modern day. But um, it's weird to say that at twenty seven. So asterisk. <laughs> I grew up as a super high functioning kid to the point that it was not necessarily uh, advantageous at times, um, and I grew up in an environment where it felt so out of place that uh, in many ways that, you know, you, you kind of are convinced that because it doesn't necessarily compute that it's really easy to adopt the perspective that you're, you're what's wrong with the equation. Yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> and uh, I spent a lot of my time, uh, I think wanting to break out of that mold. Um, I grew up, so academics always came, Really naturally, I was one of those kids that never studied for anything ever um, and did fine. And uh, I studying for me was like flipping through the chapter for 15 minutes before class. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I remember, though, being a kid and like there was this kid in my first grade class. Um, won't, won't say his name. Still remember it shockingly. But he was like the quarterback on the football team. And I remember this guy, this kid was a teacher's son. He got up and he like pulled his pants down in front of the class. But two days later, he, he was on the football field throwing a ball 30 yards and scoring touchdowns. And he was like, you know, worshipped. 
for all intents and purposes. And I remember that being like the first time where like it just did not compute. Like the social structure and the the stage of where I was at. And so I really though channeled a lot of that drive toward athletics because it was a challenge for me. It was something that didn't come as naturally. That physical expression took a lot more work. Um and so that was the outlet that really I think changed the directory for me. Um and that resulted in me going to, you know, uh the University of Indianapolis. And I was of the mind that like if I could do the athletics and the academics well, that I could like quote unquote get out and I could have a choice to go somewhere. Uh so I wanted to go to a city. Um and I chose Indianapolis and then I didn't live with an American for like two and a half years. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice, nice. That, yeah, the difference in that versus, you know, baseball culture um, was at least in the Midwest, right? Uh, there was a big change for that. It opened my perspective up. I have done quite a bit of maybe a circle uh, in terms of belief. Um, I grew up in the church. But grew up in like my parents weren't married. Um, I spent most of the time at my mom and my stepdad's. They married when I was like a year old, um, and bounced around from a few churches, a few different denominations, yada yada. And I had those experiences, like experience like as a kid. You bounced around, or just as when you got older and like had more freedom, or was it part oh, of your family? Sorry, it's just part of the family and moving. Okay, uh, different things. So, um did that as a kid and then life things happen as a teenager shit gets tough uh kind of drifted away from that and i went on a very circuitous path i guess of wanting to set out and find my own way um i was on this path of like self-development and those things and kind of in that gap in between um so this is like teenage years shit's hard uh socially and environmentally and um started like eric thomas les brown uh paulo Coelho, like the some of the the greats <laughs> i guess on the shift in the mindset um and that kind of started that process and then after my freshman year of college maybe my sophomore year um i had the opportunity to take uh, psychedelics for the first time. And I sat with psilocybin uh, outside on a summer day with a couple of my teammates. And I went through the, the 10 years of therapy compressed into six hours experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cried seven times, felt the wonder of the world. Like just that childlike awe experience of uh, a spate of telepathy in there. Uh, which is really interesting. Uh, what? No, no, no! You can't just like, you yeah. can just stop there. You can't. You yeah, can just keep going that. over. Like all of a sudden, I was an X Man. Like no, like you have to. You have to like, <laughs> least, like tell us what you thought. Um, it was more like just finishing each other's sentences, like, and you understood everything they were gonna say, and then it was like having a file cabinet of things ready to put on the table, like five sentences, like in different ways that you could go with the conversation. And like when my friend picked one, and we were just in this flow state having a conversation, and and like literally like we were leaning over the top of the car um and just like hanging out and yeah and we even like acknowledged in the moments like whoa are you you doing the same thing like we don't have to like hear the words yeah but i know what you said like and it's like same so 
Um, <laughs> uh, that really wasn't one of the main takeaways, uh, honestly. It's still uh, but, cool. Like, I, I still enjoy it. Like, it's still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It totally is. Uh, I was more saying that as it's kind of wild that that isn't one of the main takeaways that I had with the experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it it uh, it really opened the doors to that perspective, and, and it felt like just coming home. It felt like I was just fucking here again in a way that I had, like, I think we just become so disembodied sometimes often through our day to day and the excess of the world uh, that we forget what that's like. Oh, it just gives you a little chance to deconstruct yeah. a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that shifted things. And then as I went through the rest of college, um, had my shifts with athletics and kind of transitioning out of the program and uh, starting to find my feet with my own like entrepreneurship and and uh, experiences. Uh, I've always. I mean, liked- was that was that like a regular thing after after you did the, had your first taste? Was that were you were you uh, were you doing that regularly or just like that was just a once in a while experience that you had? Yeah, no, I think uh, I didn't part- partake in another like psychedelic until maybe once again the next summer or the next spring oh, wow. break. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were probably only like three or four experiences in that two, three year period between that experience uh, and my first ayahuasca ceremony. Oh, snap. Gotcha. I feel like a transition's kicking in there. I think <laughs> I think I know where the story's going because he just said the words. Yeah, no. So that was the next thing you did? Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we don't count smoking weed in there, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's it's it, yeah, that's it's in there, but not yeah. Less stories there, unless you unless you start getting telepathy or like rue like X Men claws from that shit. Then like then I want to know I smoked weed and I became Iceman and I shot ice. <laughs> I don't think that happened, but like yeah, but in case it did, I have to ask. So yeah, actually, Magneto, thanks. Uh, um, there we go. Uh, yeah. So that was in 2018. Um. <clears throat> quite a few serendipitous coincidences leading up to that. The experience of sitting with that particular plant medicine has been the biggest pathway open to self-discovery and healing and, and I guess what you would call inner work um, of any medium I've experienced. I don't think you can like God itself in, in that category. Right. But in terms of tools and technologies, um, it, it has been the most significant one that I've encountered. I mean, from your from your place when you when you when you first did the the mushroom stuff, right? Like, so before that, I guess, like, uh, you know, you grew up in the church. So were you always kind of comfortable with like, you know, uh, there there's you know there's there's a heaven and everything's gonna be cool regardless? Or did you ever have doubts? Did you ever have like any darkness there? I mean, because like you kind of talked about like going from like small town to Indianapolis, which is not huge, but it's still got to be a big culture shock. And then like you said, like having like this this influence of like somebody like from a you know a different country, like. All that had to be big, but like, you know, did you ever like, did you ever have any darkness or doubts with that? Or did you, did you always find comfort in it that, 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 you know, that what you, what you grew up believing was the right thing? Or did you ever doubt it? Like, did that change? Like with those experiences? Like, I I think that's a great question. Um, It certainly opens like the gates and I didn't like to what else is out there and to what these experiences are. I guess I'll back up and go back toward the, some of those tough times that I mentioned when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, stuff was, I, I felt like I, I was like hyper protective of just like, I used to just 
shell up and like put my head down and truck through because like, and just get to the next space, kind of lone wolf it because that was what was safe. And as a result of that, I was always, you know, uh, I feel like fighting, uh, fighting for my place, fighting those around me. Like it, it was always like indignant, right? It was like, how do you not see me was kind of the, that, what that like inner child was really screaming, I think. It got to the point where those things spilled over from the athletics fields into the classrooms and it was just incessant um, that it became pounding all the time emotionally um, and mentally much more so than, than physically. Like that part wasn't the issue. That probably would have felt a lot better. Um, and I got to a point where I hit my, I would say like my lowest low in my life. And I was, I think, 16 years old. And um, I remember going through the experience of, uh, I was, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily suicidal, but I remember getting home at the end of the day and I just had no desire or will to keep living. And I sat with that feeling and I opened up my journal, which had sporadic entries about girls in sports and no real substance in there. And I was going to journal. I was like putting, I was in the mindset of putting parting thoughts down and uh, you know, my mom actually shared later on in my life that those days my bedroom was above theirs. And, uh, she said that nightly she would just pray that she would find me awake in the morning. And I didn't realize perhaps maybe how apparent that was, uh, outwardly, but I guess it's your mother. Like they can tell Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, in my journal, I had an entry one year to the day that was just one line. I have no idea what it was about. And it said, just hold on, things will get better. And I took that moment as the first time that my higher self maybe spoke to me, to, to use that language. Yeah. Um, and it was a moment of like, you have the support you need, but no one is coming to save you. Like you have the salvation, but you must pick yourself up off the ground. So I went away, I stayed with my dad instead. And I, I like needed, I just needed space. I needed quiet. <laughs> Fast forward a couple of years and I, I made it out to Indianapolis and got to be a part of an incredibly competitive program and, and just kind of start fresh. Um, I still had a lot of that weight, but I had, I felt like made it through that period. Um, and that really started the opportunity to like my time in Indianapolis, those five years of school and, and then the five years after um, in the community like that really has been like the metamorphic period of my life uh, where the person I am is exponentially and astronomically different than the person that arrives there. Yeah. And so, I can say from experience yeah. that I appreciate your victory lap as well. Cause when people say like five years of college, I relate. Yeah. But you carry that darkness kind of with you, but you persevered, but like, uh, and, and so like did that experience with the mushrooms was it like the first time you had some lightness or like, was there something before that, that kind of changed that? Uh, did it alter your like your beliefs, like coming from the church to go and to do something like that? Yeah, I think in in the desire to go out into the wilderness, uh, so to speak, it, I really wanted to see what was out there um, from a spiritual perspective as well. Uh, I went far down the rabbit trails of really, if you name it, at least on a on a studious level. Um, you know, familiarized and, and studied and even practiced with, with quite a lot of those, whether that's Hinduism, Buddhism, indigenous cultures, um, 
you know, more from a technical perspective, things in Islam, really just exploring uh, the Tao, Zen, Zhuangzi, uh, a lot of Eastern philosophy and text. And um, I feel like that's a pivot from small town Ohio to go and to be worldly. I'd say that's pretty huge, like especially, you know, if that's what what drives that. Right. Yeah. You you do. You share a lot of experiences that I felt when I was a kid growing up to like feeling sort of like uh masked away or like your mask was off and everybody else kind of had theirs on and you just needed to get out of that environment you were surrounded by and then you find later uh new experiences new spiritual connections uh through just like learning outside of the box that you were raised in so to speak for sure and and had you know experiences and uh of what you'd call zen or witnessing god and spirit and and many of those things through a lot of those those outlets so you know i (laughs) a metaphor i actually used uh with someone pretty recently uh we were talking about beliefs and connecting seeing god uh being connected to spirit and i was like well if you had a camera and you pointed it at a tree and you just had a lens that was slightly off and you took a photo of it and you handed it to me i would still know that's a tree and that was basically how I put ap- applying different belief systems to trying to witness God. Like there are different perspectives. Some of them might be out of focus <laughs> a little bit, but at the end of the day, you know, there's, there is something there that you're, you're able to witness. Um, and I think for each person and their path, it's about the degree and, and the method and the, <laughs> the lens and, and the frame that makes sense for them. Couple years after, there was a lot of physical transformation that took place in my my life at that point. Actually, when I got to college after my first semester, my coach told me, "quote Get you need to get more athletic or transfer," <laughs> um, wow. which was really harsh, but it really had the right effect. He was also totally right. So um, he's like, "You're not bad at the skills, but you're not athletic." Uh, so I walked in the weight room and was like. Hey, strength coach, the football guys are the biggest, fastest, strongest guys here. So give me their programs. And I just started uh, hammering away at that. And then it became definitely not a weak facet of my life and personality. Um, And then that sparked a whole bunch of more just like conscious eating choices and diet. And I went full circle, fell down the dark death hole that is veganism and plant-based eating. No disrespect, but a little bit um, because... (laughs) That's just not a, the nutrient profile that we need as humans in our bodies. I think there's all the spiritual vibrational nuance of food and energetic attachments of food like Ayurvedic. I totally resonate and hear all that pound for pound, ounce for ounce. Beef liver is the most nutrient dense food on the earth. So like I'm with you 100% on that stuff. Yeah. Right. So if you see the coyote down an animal in the field, right, what's the first thing they eat? The organs. It's it's just nature uh, like they know that <laughs> um so anyway uh that's a whole other thing i could go down but yeah i watched that alone show and that's that's where i learned things i think every time joel and i talk we just find that everything i know is from like watching some reality show <laughs> like so i'm kind of a dumbass i'm aware it's fine no hey, uh <laughs> the ability if if true the ability to admit you're a dumbass makes you smarter than a lot of folk success so, <laughs> So in this path, um, you know, was still really developing a lot of the the mindset and cultivating, you know, expanding the perspective through different texts and practices, et cetera. 
And I was a trainer at the YMCA and this old man started coming, would come to the Y every day and do the same like calisthenics and routine. And he would read the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. That book changed my life uh, in 2003. Fair to say me too. Uh, because after about two weeks of that guy coming up in there every day, I finally walked out to him and I said, Hey, old man, something along the lines of like normal people don't read that book and you bring it here every day. So who are you? And we hit off this friendship and a couple months later he came up to me and actually had separately out of respect for privacy and communication separately had gone to like the closest friend that I had in that gym sphere at the time. And it asked him as well, but he came up and approached me a couple months later and said, Hey, um, we had a couple people back, we had a couple back out because of a scheduling conflict. And uh, you're who I feel called to ask, have you ever thought about sitting with uh, ayahuasca? I had to go do some research. I'd heard of it and like was familiar, but wasn't, you know, like hadn't done a deep dive. Like I'm the kid that like read 10 hours of literature before he smoked a joint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Being super careful. Yeah. Yeah. Aim to be intentional. So so I agreed and um and I didn't quite know what to expect, but you know, there's folks and buckets and quite a quite an experience. Um was this we was this local or was did you go somewhere for this? That was my next thing. So it wasn't in it was uh stateside, um, okay. but we sat with um a fifth generation shaman from Peru. Hell yeah. Oh man, so, that's awesome lifetimes of, of the medicine work that experience was um for me it was a lot about my relationship with the feminine and particularly my own mother um, we like pulled a card before and my card was even tears of the mother um, our relationship was really fractured i was the one that she had to fight for she had to fight to keep that she had to fight to raise uh and when then you, I, when you say pull the card, what can you elaborate? Yeah, you got to tell us like how, how this works. You just like, and I met a shaman and I did some shit. Like what? There's like a deck of cards, like, you know, like tarot cards. Tarot like, cards. Okay. Yeah. 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 So are you so, in an apartment? Are you like, I mean, what is the stage here? I need to know like, what does it look like? I mean, <laughs> yeah, some, a, private, some private lands. We did one in, inside of um, someone's living space, kind of like an open backspace. And then the second ceremony the following summer that I sat with that shaman was in a bar uh, on some like open fields around like really beautiful land as well. That experience was all about my relationship with her. And um, that old man, his name is Wendell, had actually such an old man name. Uh, <laughs> Wendell had shared an experience with um, he'd had a falling out with this woman that also happened to be one of my mentors uh, and people in the community that was also. Uh, you know, a generation or two older than me. And uh, shared this, basically this makeup story. And, and there was this Pacific Island phrase, Aho Pono Pono. And one of the translations offered is, I love you. I am sorry. Forgive me. I have forgiven you. And he shared that, that experience and that with her, um, with me in the days leading up to the ceremony or sometime in between a conversation and the ceremony. And it really stuck with me um, because I really looked up to and, you know, loved both of those people. So in the ceremony, I had a few 
visions. Every every cup for every person, every time is different. And the medicine might not serve you what you want. You might not get the visuals you go in with expectations of. But she will give you what you need. Um, it has that that grandmother energy about it. It is it is there to care for you. And toward the end, I'm finally releasing this this pain that I have of these fractured this fractured relationship. And despite all that advocacy and that fighting for me, you know, there also was a lot of friction because I was just in a lot of pain in in my teenage years, especially. So that night I prayed out into the ether at the end of the ceremony. I'm finally purging and like letting these things go physically. They actually call it getting well, not getting sick because the sickness is what's leaving me. Love that. Yeah. And so in the midst of purging, letting these things go, I prayed this out to my mother and the translation. And I remember waking up the next morning and feeling lighter. This like this whole shell had dropped off of me. It was like the same I'm here-ness as like the mushroom in a way, but like that I'd also been like reoriented, realigned, and felt 20 pounds lighter. And my mom called me the next day and she said, Hey son, uh, you were in my dream last time. And you were apologizing to me. And you don't need to be sorry. There's nothing for me to forgive you for. And I will always love you. Well, that's amazing. So you literally were in her dreams. Was that was like that was part of your experience almost? Like was that I mean, did it feel like I mean, obviously it sounds super related, like that you I swear you, you, I mean, it's phrase for phrase. It's line for line. Yeah. So um, crossover, crossover there. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And that didn't magically fix everything overnight, but it it provided a clearing to do that. And what did you? I mean, what did you feel like that was? I mean, do you feel like how did it make you feel like how that got there to her? Like, what's that path? Right? Like, I don't know. I have to attribute that to God, to spirit, to things beyond my understanding. I know that I spoke from my spirit and my heart, and I know that she heard me. You know, our body exists here in three dimensions. We can't mathematically disprove less than 11. So I think there's a whole bunch of shit in between that we don't necessarily understand. (laughs) But I love that. I think you're getting into semantics, right? We talk about heaven, the spiritual realm, the spirit world, right? If you look back through history and literature and lore, um, the fourth dimension, like the fifth dimension, you call it what you want, right? Like some of those things I think surely have some interrelatedness if not acknowledging the same thing in some spots so um, yeah i mean they, yeah, there's like truth in everything it's just like the interpretation and finding which part of that is i know that you because you know some people like try and put more science behind it than maybe needs to be because i think science is also what kind of like ruins a lot of things that are that are spiritual right like uh good for good for us in most things but like you know yeah. can't explain it all away so well sure. heard- Lots about the spirit molecule allowing you to pass through to the different dimensions and being able to essentially connect with astral projection lucidly and touch dreams and like being able to like speak to people, find them in dreams and things like that. At least I've I've heard lots about that. Uh, so just to hear you validate that to me is like super affirming and amazing, dude. Well, yeah, you're you're more, you know uh educated i think in theory on this than i am i just have my anecdotal experience uh, so. <laughs> i haven't even done it so yeah did that change you though i mean i mean i guess like 
you know, I guess I was assuming because you were like, as I read, you know, 100 things before I smoked a joint, but then you did this and you probably researched it before. But after that, did, like, are you not that anymore? So <clears throat> you you had this experience and like you didn't you didn't do the homework on it because you just you, you lived it and you were good. And you didn't try and like go and justify it by like researching what happened. And I, I was going off of like, I read 20 things to smoke a joint. And then Absolutely. this thing, I just lived it. And that's good. That, that's, sense. yeah. Yeah. I think I uh, have gotten more into the just living it um, and, and learning after uh, experience of late. You know, I, I used to, I wouldn't say I'm less analytical. I think I just hesitate a lot less. Uh, no, so. that's good. Yeah. Um, so that really shifted things. And, you know, I, I stayed then on the work like with the medicine and, and plant medicine, specifically psilocybin and ayahuasca have been incredible tools, um, you know, set and setting super important. And I think being intentional about, you know, going in, not necessarily being controlling or like of your expectations. A lot of it, in fact, is right. Like letting the expectations go. Um, but to have intentions, um, I think and to be intentional with it uh, because they're really powerful. Uh, any, anything that allows you to move the needle that substantially in a short amount of time, I'm for. It's part of the reason it's a, it's a more macro scale of the same way I feel about like five minute wins in life. Um, a little breath work, a five minute meditation, an ice bath, a stretch, like a cup of bone broth. Like there are five minute things you can do that like fundamentally set you up. Mm, that those- bone broth is so good. What? I don't know what that is. Oh. It's just bones uh boiled in water. Yeah. And then but tons of collagen, tons of protein. Base uh, of uh pho. If you ever tried that soup. So you do you do the breath work and uh ice bath as well? That's is that part of your routine now or yeah, uh more or less. It's definitely when I'm not on the road. Um, but definitely part of cons- at least the ice bath portion, but consistent part of practice. Yeah. Um breath works. Uh, yoga, just more mindful movement in general. I used to weightlift all the time, but really just finding a routine of like fluidity and motion and, and pushing it. Um, did some bouldering for the last like 18 months or so. Uh, play a lot of soccer, headed to go play tonight. Uh, a couple of days ago, I climbed the, the flat iron in one of the flat irons in Boulder. Yes. Um, barefoot up the side of the mountain. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not for the faint of heart, but, um, trying to be intentional with those things, you know, and just honoring your own rhythm and pace, um, uh, and, and those things that work for you. Some people, you know, might get an incredible experience out of yoga and some people might get an incredible experience out of a 30 minute run. I think it's just honoring where your body is and, and where you want to be and, and meeting yourself where your feet are. So after the, the, that first experience, like, where did that take you? I mean, obviously, I think it's that was big for you. And I, I mean, if you did, did all these changes and like how you lived come from that, like, kind of yeah, took you more in that journey. Yes, that that really, you know, a lot of the development of those things and the tools and and even like the dietary shifts, those things kind of came in between the first ceremony and and last summer. Um, in between that was like a really huge metamorphosis um, of who I who I am. Uh, Eric, you probably don't know this, uh, but I even changed my name a couple of years ago. Uh, so Kai is not my birth name. Kai is chosen. I was looking for my artist name and came across this in some Eastern texts and under the construct of Ikigai, 
and the root words being iki and kai. And that's basically acts of labor done in love and the fruits of, of the spirit, the, the good fruits of that labor that are meant to be shared are iki and kai. The translation of the tribe's name that the shaman in, from Peru is from translates to the same definition of that same working love. And so when I found this and through this concept and it was such a simple, it was like, oh, this is my spirit's name. This is who I am. Everything that I've aimed to, to sculpt my, and structure, structure my life around in those days since and in that period has been to sow and reap and harvest and share that fruit. Yeah, and every religion yeah. has like some sort of rebirth ritual. That that was just yours was just different than others, right? That's amazing knowing uh, knowing that you had changed your name and and hearing your explanation of why and and what it means now is amazing, dude. Yeah, mad respect. Thank you. I'm looking forward to um, sharing more on that and being more open about that. Not that I'm not open. I just necessarily didn't just put it out there a ton. Yeah, uh, it's a big enough <laughs> shift. <laughs> so. Um, but it's really interesting. It doesn't even like I, the old one doesn't even resonate. It'd be like if I invited you over for dinner and you knocked on the mailbox, like the mail yeah. still show up, but it's not the same uh, in regards to like when I hear my old name and that and the integration of that. And even like my father coming around like small town, blue collar worker, like getting to a point where he respected it and honors it. and the shift is has been made there is is really cool that was something i actually he did not respond kindly to it at first and i never i for a year or two like i, I gave up kind of just had let that go it was like oh that'll never happen mounted that uh surmounted that courage to have that conversation with him um and made that commitment to myself and and i told him uh actually pretty deep story with that his uh one of his sisters passed away after a lot of health complications and went to spread her ashes at the same uh cemetery where his parents are buried and in that moment and having those conversations and some family in town that i had you know we hadn't seen in years um after that before we left um i asked to speak to him and i i shared with him there uh in front of his father and my grandfather's grave and i said hey i i know that this is what you know me as and knew me as and i know this may not be what you know you might not understand but my tombstone will say kai and mm -hmm. i would rather you get to know me for the man i am for the next 25 years of your life than to try and meet a kid that's not there um that you've known for the last 25 respect and this man uh god love him goes well son it's just like i tell her points to his wife it's like tell her all the time i can't read your mind you gotta tell me these things <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like oh it's like oh god bless you man like <laughs> you did you couldn't tell that it bothered me like it was just funny um that's been really good practice showing up and just communicating and like, you know, honoring that masculinity of where you're at and your truth and speaking it. And that has been, uh, I feel like there's, there's levels, there's no, there's learning something, right. And then there's conceptually understanding it. 
then there's practicing it, and then there's like true embodiment. And we, we go through those layers and those cycles with each thing. And the last year or so has really been embodiment for me. I would, I I would, to, I would feel bad if I didn't say that when your dad said, I can't read your mind, that you didn't offer him mushrooms and be like, want a bet? <laughs> Boom. See, tie that back to the earlier conversation. And now for your dad's mind. Your dad's going to change that. It's time to take dad to yeah, like he, the sweat lodge. Yeah. Uh, for for a uh, round of psilocybin. So, Eric, you'll <laughs> like this. So, out on the farmland, there are a few ponds, and uh, I I chopped one open with an axe this winter and got in it. And uh, I was like, "Dad, get in the ice." He he looks at me and he's something like, "Fuck no! You got a better chance. You got a better chance of seeing God than you do me in that ice." And I looked at my father without hesitation. I said. Well, I've already seen God. So, are you getting in this fucking ice or not? Hell yeah! <laughs> Still didn't do it. He did not get in, but uh, okay. we're working on it. My mom took her first ice bath with me a couple months ago. I saw that. That's amazing. that was amazing. So, I've had the opportunity to host a few retreats this year um, and some experiences of co-facilitating with mushroom and sound baths. So, like sound guided journeys um, and holding space for others. I'm will say I'm still much more closer to Sherpa than Shaman, um, but am, uh, you know, showing up for others and offering opportunities to go on journeys of healing and self-discovery is a massive part of it. And and to take a step back and kind of reorient my life over these past few months, um, several months, was an acknowledgement that, you know, with with all due respect to the other things that I've worked on and, and the you know, the business that I've spent most of my time helping build over the last five years, there's nothing that anyone could ever achieve in that space that I could facilitate that would ever be as meaningful to me as one person having the opportunity to sit with one of these medicines. Yeah. And you, you, you uh, stick with like the, the ayahuasca and the, and the mushroom stuff because that's the natural stuff or is, have you, have you reached out beyond that or is those just the things that have worked for you? Yeah. I've had some other experiences, um, LSD, MDMA combo, uh, which is a frog medicine. Um, it's like a very purging, short, intense. Uh, um, Interesting experience. Yeah, that's so. That's part of what I experienced in Costa Rica, and then I have a friend uh, back here in Indianapolis that is a certified uh, practitioner with that too. He's since moved to Florida, so I had another session when I came back um, after Costa Rica last year. We don't have uh, enough time today with all the things that you've experienced. That that I mean, that's I don't know. That's yeah, that's we didn't even talk about the sweat lodge yet. Um, it's all uh, it's all a part of it, man. They've all been really powerful tools. The mushroom and, and the ayahuasca, I think, is rooted for me. Yes, because it's the natural stuff. Because it's that connected consciousness, that Gaia. Um, mm-hmm. That's the Gaia Kai. Uh, that natural connected nature of, of things yes has been has been the most profound there are other ones but you know there are other tools right to each their own but um for me those are like hammer and, and wrench <laughs> uh that's what so, i really want to try uh ayahuasca yeah connecting with the earth and communion with nature so it's funny you mentioned that i have taken that step forward into uh sherping sherpa in a group my first group won't be the last, um, I don't believe, because at this point, 
in my journey, it feels like the opportunity that I've had to sit with the medicine and the work that I've had. And it's, it's provided so much for me that it would, it would feel disingenuous to not share. I've never been someone that in a worldly sense has ever really naturally fell into being a follower. That doesn't mean I'm not okay doing the labor and doing the work and being a part of the team. I fucking love that. And it's not something where I'm not afraid to go first. Well, what, what does that experience mean when you're leading those? What actually do you do? Like what's, what's your role in that? I guess like, again, set, set me up. Tell me what, what that looks like. Yeah. So, um, you know, a large part of it is calling and connecting the group, making sure that that energy is right, that the expectations are clear, that it's honored in the way that it's meant to be. Uh, so there's preparation, the diet, the diet, and being very intentional about that. So you're basically just phasing out uh, substances, you know, overconsumption, processed foods, you know, and you gradually retract those, alcohol being a huge one, um, spicy foods pork, heavy, heavy stuff, processed foods, sugar, art, artificial sugars, added sugars, like caffeine, nicotine, you usually cut all those things leading up to it. So you're in a, in a clean state and your gut is, is settled. Um, so you're in a space to receive the medicine specifically with ayahuasca. So a big part of it is setting up mentally and physically going in with the group. Um, and offering those us being connected as a group, starting to get the energy together, drop in, doing weekly calls. And then basically, if someone's like, oh, what am I paying for? Well, in addition to, you know, all of it, uh, it's tough to put into words, but the, the peace of mind between plane trips. So we're going to go have the opportunity to drop into, you know, the heart of Mother Nature to have seven days together in brotherhood and brotherhood and sisterhood eventually uh, to, to share and, and to get clear and to realign and reroute and, and drop in and, and come home to ourselves. That's really what it's about. So do you do different things when you're there? Like, I mean, do you, do you, do you is it just, it's not just that ceremony. Like you said, like you have to do like a, a cleanse before you get there, there's that piece, but then there's also probably communication and like you, you're, you're, there's like, I mean, like, like I must say group therapy, cause it's probably bigger than that. But like, uh, do you do other things like the sweat lodges or anything like that while you're there? Is it like a whole system or how does that work? Yeah. So it is, it is like a whole, a whole thing there. There's a whole flow through the week. So there's a couple nights of, of the ayahuasca ceremonies. There's a day where we'll do the combo usually pretty early in the week. We'll have a sound bath experience. We'll have a day where we'll do the sweat lodge and those things, those medicines, you know, that's a lot of work. That's like pretty much what you do for the day. You do that and we hang out and integrate, eat real incredible so much good fruit and organic food, um, some good daily movement or breath work practices, you know, just like get the group dropped in together in the morning and get back in the flow. Um, it is good. Uh, we'll hike, uh, the Diamante mountain and we'll actually mm -hmm. stay under the waterfall one night. Hell yeah. Uh, so camping under a waterfall is part of that too. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, we'll hit the beach. We'll have some time to drop in, to get to explore nature and go on a couple of hikes. And um, ultimately, though, you know, it's it's just about forging those bonds with ourselves, with nature, with one another. And because they say, you know, like life is the ceremony. Uh, the real work starts, quote unquote, when you go home. So there's an integration process before and after. And, and so my job is to make sure that my role with that is to make sure that everyone is in the best state they can be going in and being there as support for them 
because stuff's going to come up. That's the whole point is to stuff's going to come up and you're going to clear it and move through it. And yeah. it sounds very physical. Like, I mean, not just the hikes, but also like the toll that it would take on to, to, to do ayahuasca because you do it multiple times while you're there. Yeah. Two nights. Uh, yeah, it's, it's clearing. I wouldn't say it's okay. entirely draining, but it's, you know, sometimes I, I've, I've had experiences actually in all my experiences, you wake up the next day, you're the last thing you are is tired. Okay. Is everybody do it at the same time or is it like all in the same room? And then you're just kind of like helping each other out. I mean, cause probably some people are unable to help. As yeah. Much you kind of got your own nest. You're not really like helping each other out. You're just all sharing space and you just got your own spot and everyone usually goes up to the altar and is served one at a time. And then you, you're clear cause you're mentoring and are you're part of it. Part of it. Uh, I'll say as okay. well. Okay. I'm, I, I mean, I, I have yeah. no idea. That's why. I'm yeah. And, curious, and like, usually how that the, plays out. The, you know, and, and the shamans and the facilitators, you know, they might take more or less, like depending on what they're feeling, it's much more in tune with it. And, but usually everyone is, is in the medicine doing the work. You said something that really, uh, I, I wanted to talk about. So you said eventually brotherhood and sisterhood, does this have something to do with the duality of, of spirit that you discover when you're in this, this process? I believe we all have our own balance of masculinity and femininity to honor. I also believe there is a specialness of just brotherhood and just sisterhood and allowing those things to amplify together, right? A group of men like dropping into their feminine together, right? Can be so transformative for, for that type of group and, and vice versa. For me, I just believe that it's an opportunity because there is a community, there's community of people out there to serve and, and like had expressed with me and I've had practice and facilitating for, for both genders and, and being a part of that. So I think um, that's amazing. I think that's a super important um, thing to come to terms with and understand uh, in our spirituality with just ourselves and uh, accepting those, those dualities together. Absolutely. hundred percent. So you're, you're just starting to lead these trips now. Yeah. So we've had, I, um, I alluded to some of those other weekend retreats where uh, that have involved mushroom and, you know, those would be ice baths, breath work, things of that nature that have happened really throughout this year. And, and um, the entirety of me hosting retreats of any kind or facilitating or holding space of those things has come over the last 18 months. Uh, my first group out of the country going to Costa Rica uh, will be a men's group uh, the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, so coming up in a little less than 120 days or so. And yeah, that'll be, that'll be our first experience together. So it's, it's all inclusive, everything except flights that I handle for everyone um, in between. So all the meals, all the domestic transportation, all the medicine, all the lodging, all the, every, everything is handled. Um, so it's just about showing up. Uh, <laughs> it's, and, it's like the most unique entrepreneurship yeah. of all time to actually, I don't know. It, that's, that's, uh, it's changing people's lives. And like, and I think that's it, a pretty cool thing to do. And like, again, like on your journey and just finding a way to, to something that, that means a lot to you that you get to share. And that's, and that's a, that's a, 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 a big change. Like, uh, you know, that's a, that's the coolest career. Uh, I hate my job most of the time. So I can <laughs> tell you that. So yeah, kudos to you, man. I appreciate that a lot, man. I, I've really tried to honor the integration and the balance of that, right? Like there are a lot of worldly sales and marketing experience, yada, yada, and a lot of experience in entrepreneurship that I've, I've gleaned over the past several years. And 
So I kind of have like three different phases of that um, where I've got like if there's I typically aim to work with businesses at this point where I either unequivocally believe in the person that is the entrepreneur or the business owner and the mission of the business. So serving like holistic health services or spirit led offerings, facilitators, food, um, those things all being a big part of that uh, food and water, you know, things that are universal um, and, and true offerings to the world. So helping folks inside their business, whether like consulting on revenue based things or working with them one-to-one about putting their roots down and filling their own cup up first and helping them build systems for that and helping them prioritize and get out of their own head, especially solopreneurs and folks that are, you know, always trying to figure it out, just giving them that sounding board and, and that peace of mind to be able to help them make decisions more quickly. And then the full spirit led side, right? Um, it's been really incredible that I've had, I've had folks, I had a, a married couple in their fifties come on my last retreat um, that are people that quite frankly, I would have walked past on the street 100 times out of 100. And just didn't, didn't fit that mold what you would think would want that experience. Yeah. At all. Like at first sight. And then they came through a really powerful recommendation. Um, someone that actually had a quite an experience with a ceremony, um, that happens in Indianapolis and, um, someone that was facilitating did not, uh, do a good job closing that and holding that space. Um, and my friend that owns that space was out of out of state and she called me and said hey this this happened and this these people these two people got left here can you please go and make sure they are okay and i showed up and this woman was the last person there even the teacher had the facilitator had left her and she was dealing with like she said the deepest depths of her abandonment wounds when i knocked on the door and i had the owner on the phone and she let me in and I just sat and made some tea and like held space with her and and she got to move through and I made sure she was safe and good to go home. And she said like, you were my guardian angel that day. (laughs) And this woman happened to go by one of her friends, run into her at a coffee shop and she was talking about, you know, we'd like to try this mushroom. We think we've seen like how healing, like the therapeutic benefits and we think that'd be cool to experience. She's like, Funny enough, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they came and it was incredible. I saw them have so many cool breakthroughs and so many experiences, and they contributed so much to the group. Um, so much joy and love. It was it really humbled me um to not not try so hard in your mind to figure out like who you're gonna serve. Um even in fact on the way up here. So my brother, William, that I met in Costa Rica, just drove into town. And then I came back up and on the elevator, there was this gorgeous dog. The dog's name is Costa. Their owner that I, I just met this guy on the elevator before owns land two miles from the town where I'm hosting the retreat. (laughs) That's amazing. What a coincidence. (laughs) And so I was late because he was getting the information for my retreat so we can talk tomorrow. <laughs> That's great, man. I mean, um, it's in this world where like, you know, like ketamine's a big thing, and but people are doing that like uh, multiple times and like through the week and like, you know, whether 
now I'm delivering it through the mail or like a doctor can sh- shoot it up your nose and like sit with you. It seems like a, a totally different and like very, I don't know, like, I don't know. This, it sounds like a completely different experience than like, than what you're offering. Um, I guess, I guess before I forget, like I, how do if say, say I like to go to Costa Rica, like I, what's, what's the best way to get a hold of you? And I get, if there's, you know, yeah, cause I'm sold. Yeah. yeah. I already, you already told you I wanted to do yeah. this before, but yeah, I'm super sold. <laughs> well, I appreciate the opportunity to share. Uh, folks can go to my website at www.withgayakai.com. That's with G-A-I-A-K-A-I. Um, my and we'll have the link on the website and everything too. All your links, we'll, we'll make sure that we have all those in the website. Too, Amazing. In case. My, my Instagram is withgayakai. Uh, my email is connect at withgayakai.com. Um, folks can reach out to me any of those ways hit up any of those links. There's connect forms. There's inquiry forms about the retreats. Um, there's contact buttons um, on my site and business listing on my Instagram, all those things. Um, so we have that. And I have a men's group uh, online. It's a six-week program, $33 a week starting uh, September 1st. So that's going to be like a six-week there. And then I'll shift into the six-week preparation with the group coming into Costa Rica. The folks that decide to come to Costa Rica, whenever they commit, I'm going to also just fold them into the first men's group um, as as part of that complimentary because I want them to start swimming together as soon as possible. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's that, really great. I, yeah and I, I think, yeah, we I don't know if we had enough time because you got a lot to tell, but we'll have to like, I want to hear how how this went. And like I said, if anybody wants to share, like, you know, you, you I, and I appreciate you getting like deep into some of these things, but it's important to like, you know, what you're doing is kind of what we want to talk about. So it just works out that way. Uh, the the big question is always, and I think I alluded to it, is like, you know, from these experiences now, what do you feel? What's your feelings on like death and what, what, what we are and what happens to us? I'm not implying I was qualified before, but I think this is the least qualified question for me to answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, no, 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 uh, no judgment. No, no, uh, no pressures. I think we're a spirit living in a body. Uh, I can go that far. Working hypothesis, but I would suppose there are different dimensions, different levels. There are probably higher and lower dimensions, heaven, hell, etc., that are, I believe, more vibrational states and then energetic. Um, and then our spirit moves into those frequencies, perhaps a bit more. I know that our brain shoots out a bunch of DMT when we when we pass, and mm-hmm. that's kind of allegedly the last astral projection, so to speak. You know the the biggest comfort of this this question for you is that because you don't have an, an answer prepared, it probably means you don't think about it, which is also very comforting for people in a way too, right? Like that that you are comfortable enough that you're just like you're. It's not something that crosses your mind. It seems. So I have a sneaking. It does cross my mind some, but I think what to do with life crosses my mind a lot more than what to do with death. I know that I'm here on purpose, and. I feel more and more by the day, uh, more in line, more on that path um, than I have. And I've learned to honor that balance of your mind, your heart, and your gut, and to listen to all of them and have them all in tune and and to know when to prioritize what. Um, there are some folks that would say, you know, there are some folks that would prioritize, say, you listen to your mind. The other things are just clues. And I'd say, well, you're just fucking wrong. Um, and that's okay. Uh, to each their own. Um, but I know what it's like to live up here all the time. That's not where I want to be. I want to be all the way here. So for me, 
I think that I have a sneaking suspicion and this is where like reincarnation and all these other things and our spirits get, it's like, I'm not sure how it all works. Um, I've also had the opportunity with ceremonies um, to communicate, or at least I believe to communicate with uh, some of my grandparents and my ancestors that have passed. Um, and it wasn't a lot. It was just a line or two and it was enough to be comforted and to be seen and acknowledge how proud they were that's amazing um, and for me i have a sneaking suspicion that I, I don't know i don't i don't know all the answers but i know that i sure as fuck don't feel 27 years old in what i understand understand in the world um but i think it's a really beautiful blessing to embrace the duality of feeling so young in this life and feeling so ancient in other ways. <laughs> um, I, I just feel old. So uh, yeah. And mentally I'm a child, obviously with my reality shows. We're just flipped. But see that, but that, that's, but that's the, the lesson from this is to at 44 to be more like Kai now. Yeah. The positivity that you radiate from these experiences. And again, like, I, you know, I'm not supposed to, it's just an opinion. It's just curious to find out what, what people go through and like how, you know, again, how's that changes them? Like, you know, from small town, uh, Christian to like man of the world, who's like, you know, blowing minds and in, in Costa Rica and, and, you know, then making a difference. So I, I think it's, that's a, it's a big thing. So like you're it's just an opinion. I don't know if anybody knows the answer, but it's, it's cool to hear, uh, what you, what you've taken from it. And again, if you, if, if you're talking to ancestors, I think we're all going to be fine. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll have to shout out the main man Jesus too, uh, and experiencing uh, that down there as well. I, you know, it's kind of all full circle for me. There's a lot of it. I'm still trying to understand where my walk is with my faith, and but I know that I have offerings and things that have moved the needle for me and my spirit and my life, and I'm just going to do my best to boldly and vulnerably continue to share those with people and the folks that it resonates for. Awesome. The folks that it doesn't awesome no love lost well well yeah well thanks for uh hanging out with us today and like i said uh after you we'll get all the, your links up i'm gonna pointing below like anybody can see this or i uh, anybody knows what i'm doing but it's over here somewhere there's links and then we'll, we'll get those uh set up and uh appreciate you talking to us and we'll we'll find uh yeah like when you after after you get uh your your trips done like maybe come back and uh hear how costa rica went and see like uh how it's going for you yeah, perhaps we can drop in fresh. I'll probably hang out there for a week or two after the retreat. Kind of take some space for me to process everything. So uh, maybe we can get some real time processing. Yeah, it'd be awesome to have you back and and dive into more more detail and some other things we kind of touched touched in here. Yeah, uh, for I'm sure. Go back, take some notes, and figure out yeah. like how many other questions I I couldn't a- answer asking like the the time we had so okay yeah. i think there's questions you asked that i didn't even answer so <laughs> nah you did you did good man so thanks so much yeah all you're right. so welcome thanks guys appreciate uh, you brother all right thanks for joining us and thanks for everybody that, that took the time to listen uh we appreciate all of you all right thanks man all right peace